Welcome everyone to our follow-up podcast. This one will focus on Region 2. I'm Coach Bills, joined by Coach V, who had the audacity to call me out on the message board and say that I was scared to talk about this region. Well, I'm here to say it's not true. That's why I'm here. Glad to discuss all of these teams, great teams that they are, a very strong region, and happy to get the analysis of, of Coach V as to all of these teams. So let's dive right in. We'll start with the 116 matchup. It's Omaha, the Audibles from Conference 24. Speaking of a maligned conference, if those for those of you who heard <laughs> our, uh, our podcast on the other regions, you heard that I didn't have the nicest things to say about Conference 24, despite the fact that it really has been very successful this year. Uh, and certainly Omaha, Omaha has been at the top of the conference. They, they won the regular season title in Conference 24 and then lost in the Conference 24 final to another top 10 team in San Antonio. All of this follows up Omaha's final four appearance last year. Uh, they're going against the Houston Lying Squirrels, not flying. There's no F. The Lying Squirrels making their first yeah. in NTT appearance in program history. Although, as we were just discussing prior to the start of the recording, they do have a familiar name as their coach, Coach Vernaud. So I mean, that's the same as Vernaud. Uh, you know, we know him from the Test League and elsewhere. So uh, this could be a program sort of on the way back up. I'll take a quick look at the top 10 rankings for both of these two teams before I turn it over to you, Coach. Omaha, despite the lofty ranking and all the success this year, only in the top 10 in one category. They are 10th in true shooting margin. And, of course, a very important category, to be fair. Mm -hmm. And then Houston is tied for 7th in defensive points allowed, as well as tied for 7th in free throws allowed. So what do you see here, Coach? Yeah, you look at Houston and, uh, you know, I mean, just making the NTT is a huge accomplishment for them. Uh, I mean, that, that was their um, that, that was their championship, that they can just be at the big dance and uh, um, be, be able to play. Um, they, they made a great run winning some games uh, through the Conference 23 tournament. But, you know, Conference 23, it's not – you know, you got Laredo, who won the um, regular season, and um, they made the NTT, but they ranked 112. Uh, you, you know, it's not a great schedule. They lost by 22 to Vicksburg. That's the only other NTT team on their schedule. Um, but, you know, they got some they got some promising stuff. Uh, I, I believe Zachary Jackson was a couple team tie, or I remember him a little bit, I think, from um, – yeah, from recruiting and uh, things like that. He won freshman player of the year in the conference. Um, so uh, first team all conference. So, uh, yeah, great. I mean, that's that's a good start, you know, to build on. But, you know, just making the NTT is great. Omaha, like you said, they're from conference 24. You know, you're not really sure. But, you know, you still got Benny Brown. He's a sophomore now. And, it seems like he's taken even a step up from last year. Last year, they made it to the Final Four. Um, Benny Brown was shooting 59.4% true shooting. This year, he's up to 61.6% true shooting. Eamon Lee, the 6-7 um, small forward, is up to 64.6% um, true shooting, uh, where his last year, he shot 54.1%. Uh, so really, everything they've been asked to do, they've done better. And last year they made it to the final four. Um, yeah, there's a good chance they have a have another deep run. Um, I don't think Houston's. 
uh, going to trip them up for sure. So I, I'm curious, do you view Omaha as a legitimate Final Four contender? I mean, they made it last year. Um, yeah. they, you... I mean, but to be fair, they lost two senior starters, right? I mean, they lost a point yeah. guard who averaged over 11 assists a game. They seemingly have replaced him with a freshman who's averaging yeah. about nine. But they didn't replace the center. I mean, they lost a center, no. Jason Duvall, and just had to mm-hmm. shift their power forward Collier to the center position. Yep. So it's not clear that they have quite the same talent that they did last year. But obviously, okay. they've been ro- rolling so far. Yeah. Yeah. And the only so the only new addition was uh, Douglas uh, Francois, um, the point guard. He's just kind of a pass-first guy. He does turn it over a decent amount, but... I wouldn't worry about it too much because they're only getting 10 turnovers a game, which isn't bad for their strength of schedule and stuff like that. I think they're a solid team, um, but, you know, the top half of this bracket looks um, pretty stout. You got two great coaches in League 31 history um, waiting for you if you do beat Houston, um, which they should, obviously. Carbondale's a solid team. Louisville, Flagstaff, uh there's some teams in this region that have a really good shot at um, making it far. So I don't know, but um, I do know Benny Brown carried him last year. And, you know, it's hard to bet against a guy that does, that did that last year. And this team's just been on a roll other than the two hiccups against San Antonio. They did beat him once. Um, They've been doing pretty well. Yeah, no doubt about it. And really it may just reflect stubbornness on my part that I'm reluctant to accept them as a real contender. And you know, it, a lot of it comes from those recruiting rankings, which as we all know, are not yeah. perfect, but you know, they, they're a little bit hard to take your eye off of. I mean, three rankings uh, are in the hundreds. I mean, juniors and seniors consensus, uh, you know, in the one hundreds, 116, 185 seniors, hardwood, some who's 170, 158 juniors, and then the freshmen 70, 110. So, you know, a couple of hardwood classes uh, showing that they may have, a one-star player uh, combined with a very good sophomore class, maybe enough to make up a very strong starting lineup. And those guys play a lot of minutes. So maybe that's enough, but it's just, it's, it's a little bit hard to see them as a number one seed as being on quite the same level as, you know, a Bakersfield in Ann Arbor, uh, Sioux city, all of which we talked about yesterday. Uh, And, you know, I, (laughs) I only hope I get the opportunity to be proved wrong in a game against this team. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I have no, no guarantee whatsoever we can yeah. even get there. So uh, let's get to that second matchup now. You already previewed it uh, with a very nice comment about the coaches. It's Rochester against my team, Salt Lake City. Uh, yeah. Rochester, of course, a team with a lot of history, uh, an NTT to its name, coming out of Conference 6. Uh, you know, we talked about them yesterday with respect to Montpelier, a team that has been so good in Conference 6 this year. Uh, except against Rochester. You know, Rochester has totally dominated. Montpelier won all three of its games, uh, including one by 30 points. Uh, You know, a a little bit up and down during the rest of the season. Lost some games, lost to you guys, Nashville, in the first game of the Uh season. Um, But has shown that it can really, you know, Rochester has shown that it can compete with some of the very best teams in the country, Montpelier being, you know, I think ranked number 11 right now. Uh, Rochester is number third in the nation in defensive three-pointers allowed. Uh, Salt Lake City shows up as 10th in defensive true shooting percentage, tied for 7th in blocks, uh, and then there are some individual numbers as well uh, for our guys Crowley and David Morgan. So, of course, I'll be especially curious what you see in this matchup, Coach. 
Yeah, it should be a really interesting matchup. You know, um, Rochester's an interesting team because they seem like they do better against the better teams. Um, when they play tougher teams, they seem to come out with win. And when they play, then they drop some games that were more of a little bit of a head scratcher. You know, it's like, okay, he lost to Concord. He lost to Morgantown. Um, I mean, Carnegie, obviously, they're, they got a great coach and they're a good team, but, um, but not you know, the same, not the same Carnegie team that we've seen in years past. I'm sure even yeah. Coach J, JFM would admit that they just they haven't quite had it this year. Yeah, and uh, you know, beat beat a really solid Boise team by 12. They beat Montpelier three times. We talked about that. Um, so that's kind of interesting, and you know, that's if, if that trend continues, it's like you're not going to play any bad teams in the NTT. So. That's a good thing for Rochester. But I think this uh, matchup is really interesting because it really looks like, um, I mean, Rochester funnels all their points, you know, through Pratt and Haynes. Those two, I mean, Arms does a little bit here and there, but those two really step up. They got backups in um, McGinn and Kane that are coming in there fishing off the bench, but those two score the bulk of their points, and they really rely on those guys to um, set the tone. Uh, I don't know exactly what you're going to do, but, um, I mean, I could see Crowley, you know, you, you switched Crowley and Mays, um, throughout the year. Um, you know, uh, it could, it could be where it's like, okay, you guys score from different positions. And usually when you have lower, um, scores, that means those guys are better defenders. So it could be, the best defenders on each team going up against each other. Uh, that's not always the case, but Avery Green against uh, William Dancer. This is William Dancer's first year playing point guard as an oversized 6'8", um, but he seems to be doing good. He likes that. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, – I mean, you can't complain with a guy scoring with 8.4 assists, 2.1 steals, and only 2.1 turnovers. I mean, I think this can be a fun game. Um yeah, it was interesting seeing Brandon Pratt move to shooting guard this year uh, after playing point guard. He started the year at point guard and was just it just wasn't working for him. Um, so he switched it early on, and since then it seems like it's done the trick for the most part. So I'm interested to see how that will work. Um, yeah, and then it's like how do you how do you slow down Crowley um, for Rochester? Uh, he's He's a big deal. Um, can you scroll, slow down Crawley and can you scroll, slow down Green? Uh, you know that that's no that's that's no easy task. You know those. I mean, obviously Crawley is one of the uh, most prolific players um, in League Thirty One, and he's he's now a senior. Um, yeah, just playing great. So, and then obviously David Morgan, the forgotten man down low, that just all he does is um, produce. So. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stars in this matchup. I'm excited to see the matchup and see how it turns out. Yeah, I mean, certainly I'm I'm excited as well. It's interesting to look at Rochester and how they, as you said, not only did they move Pratt from point guard to shooting guard from last year to this year, but Dancer is a guy who was in the starting lineup last year. I mean, he was out small yeah. forward and he moved to point guard. So it's really just guys who were already there shifting around to different positions. Uh, and Dancer certainly has done a nice job. It seems to me like we're seeing more and more of those six, seven point guards uh, succeeding mm -hmm. and, and playing real well. If I'm not mistaken, didn't, didn't Fremont have one last year when they won it? 
Uh, one of those yep. teams that was very successful last year yep. had one. So yeah, um, it could it could work out for Rochester? But uh, as always, we're we're excited to have the matchup and and looking forward to it. So uh, what is, let's, oh, go ahead. What is, what is what's Green thinking going into that matchup against the guys so tall? Like, is he used to playing guys that size or? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we try to cultivate uh, an attitude of never being afraid of anybody. You know, I mean, it's a different kind of challenge. We have a lot of respect for all of our opponents, right? I mean, uh, whether you're 6'7 and have a couple, you know, a couple of steals per game or a little shorter, different kind of player, it's always a challenge. But uh, I think, you know, as we were talking about yesterday when I was sort of joking, jokingly hating on Conference 24, right? I mean, the whole, the main thing behind what I was saying is, we have this small sample size in sim sports, right? In league 31 and all these leagues. So different conferences are ranked higher or lower in different seasons, uh, just kind of based on a few different, a few results. And last year, conference 31 was ranked very highly, maybe arguably a little overranked. This year, mm -hmm. I would like to think that we're maybe as a conference, a little bit underranked. So all of that is a very long winded way of saying, you know, we feel like we're a battle tested team. The strength of schedule isn't yeah. incredibly high for us. You know, it's 80th right now, but uh, we think we've played some good teams. We think we're ready for different kinds of challenges. Rochester obviously is a great team with a lot of really good wins as you detailed. It'll be a new challenge for us, but one we're excited to take on. Um, one more question. Yeah. Go what for is, it. I mean, you got one senior leader, Jonathan Crawley and, you know, he's been around for a lot. You know, he comes in. Uh, they, You guys only make the PTT um, his freshman year. Then you um, win the first round and get bounced after that. And then uh, last year, he made it all the way to the Final Four before um, you guys lost. Um, you guys lost the heartbreaker to Fremont. Is that right? Is that yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, yeah. we were fortunate enough to get, have a closer loss to Fremont than Bakersfield did. I mean, not to say that yeah. we were better than Bakersfield last year, but – it was, a, it was a really nice NTT run for us last year, without a doubt. Yeah, so with all that experience Crowley has and, you know, this being his last hurrah, his last what, – what's he saying to the team? Um, and specifically, like, what what's he saying to the freshmen um, in your starting lineup and Ray and Green um, to get him prepared for a moment like this? Well, you know, first of all, we're still petitioning the Sim NCAA to try to get him a fifth year of eligibility. We'll see how that works out. But. Yeah, we forgot about the COVID year, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a real thing. <laughs> it affects everybody. Uh, so I'm I'm certainly gonna gonna cross my fingers on that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to have senior leaders. I think Crowley is the kind of guy who leads by example. Uh, he's the kind of player who can do a lot of different things on the court. I would like to think that our freshmen look up to him. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have some words of wisdom for them, but it, it won't just be him. Like you said, this team has had some some growth to do over the past few seasons. Uh, you know, steady improvement in our final standing over the past three years. Uh, obviously, yeah. we would love to see that improve again. That'll be challenging to do, but uh, you know, it, it's a group that has been through a lot. And uh, you know, what we'll say in the locker room will will remain in the locker room. But I, I'm confident in the leadership that my guys have to offer. All right. So All right. let's take a look at the next matchup. It is the 4-13 matchup. Uh, also features a team that has won an NTT in the past, that being Carbondale, not all that long ago, back in season 23 in the exciting final over Duluth. Uh, so, yeah. you know, a team that doesn't have any of the players still from that run, but uh, mm -hmm. obviously a team with some history coming out of a very strong conference. 
going against Oxford uh, out of Conference 8, which doesn't have quite the same history. It was in the NTT a couple of seasons ago, uh, managed to finish 22nd. Uh, this year, I'm just checking to see how Oxford got in. They were the regular season champ yep. in Conference 8 and then lost in the second round of the conference tournament. But Carbondale, by contrast, got in by winning the Conference 18 tournament as well as you know having the kind of power ranking that would get them in. Anyway, they're all the way up at number 13. So let's take a look for their top 10 rankings. Carbondale, fifth in free throws attempted, just about 18.8 per game, and also fifth in defensive three points attempted. Oxford is fifth in true shooting percentage, as well as 10th in assists. So how do you see this matchup, Coach? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting matchup for sure. Um, Carbondale, you know, they uh, you know, they, they got a great coach. Coach Dizzy Dell, um, 007, knows what he's doing. Uh, Ethan uh, Moynihan, um, you know, freshman guy, shooting 58% from the field, 64.3% from three. Um, he's almost shooting as well from three as he is from free throws, so... Uh, maybe needs to take a step back and start um, shooting jumpers for his free throws. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, you got to love that. And they're just, you know, the, him and uh, him, Romero and Richter, they really uh, carry the big, the biggest load for them. And then they got the two uh, bigger guys in Justin Hohen and Moises uh, Corsi, you know, guys that can rebound, defend down low. Uh, Asford, didn't play a great schedule. They did um, rack off 11 straight wins in the middle of the season. They did meet Macon in that um, by seven. Uh, you know, not, you know, you look at this team, it's like, okay, I see they won Conference 8. Conference 8 didn't look amazing, but, you know, it's still tough to win a conference. And they got guys that can shoot. You know, you look at, them up and down. Almost every one of their starters is shooting over 50%. The only one not is Caden Ash. He's only shooting 6.2 and he's shooting 49.1%. Um, they're shooting 58% true shooting as a team. So uh, can that translate? You know, sometimes what happens here is a team like Oxford, they don't play as good of a, a good of a schedule. So they get really confident. And sometimes shooting's about confidence. Like, okay, are you confident to take the shot that um, you get um, or not? You know, and if, if you're not confident, sometimes those shots come up short or stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not sure how uh, Oxford's going to react. You know, this is their uh, their uh, seniors and juniors have made an NTT as sophomores and freshmen. So Smiley was a freshman when they made their NTT and then Paxton uh, – Albert Wells and May um, were sophomores. Those guys, you know, they're battle tested. They know um, they don't play the greatest schedule, but you know they they they, they have some skill. So I'm really excited to see, you know, can can these guys step up? I don't think they can just because Carverdale looks really solid. Scott Richter, um, 21 points, 3.4 assists. Uh, you got, I mean, we talked about, I talked a little bit about Ethan uh, Moynihan. I'd love to see him shoot more, um, but, you know, he's a freshman, and sometimes it takes a while to really 
find your trigger and find, okay, this is where I feel comfortable shooting this shot. Um, I like the way Carbondale's um, set up. Uh, I think their team is set up um, for a deep run just because, you know, you got those two defensive, um, yeah, those two defensive bigs, and uh, they have a decent um, rebounding margin. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I like Carbondale in this matchup. Yeah, yeah Car Carbon Carbondale certainly looks like a very strong team. And, you know, last year they were in the PTT, but they went all the way to the PTT final. And usually a team that gets that far in the PTT, you know, is quote-unquote NTT worthy, right? Like they, they just missed out, but they proved by winning five straight games to start the PTT that they were pretty darn good. Uh, and as you detailed, they brought in a couple of really good freshmen led by Moynihan. So it looks like a strong team. The one thing that I think gives Oxford some hope is – their three guards, basically, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, are all seniors. And the two Dillons, especially Dylan Wells, is a really good player. I remember him mm -hmm. from, from yeah. recruiting as a high schooler, you know. So those numbers that he's putting up are really no surprise. And he's going against who's a freshman, right? And Moynihan, I think, is every bit as talented as Wells, if not more so. But, you know, you got to at least feel good about your chances when you've got the seniors in the matchup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Carbondale has some seniors as well, uh, small forward as well as at center. But to have those senior guards should at least give the blue faithful some level of hope. Yeah. So let's match up. That one is the 5-12 matchup. It's Louisville versus Flagstaff. Third straight game in which we, third straight matchup in which we've had uh, a former NTT champion, of course, Flagstaff. Mm -hmm led by Coach Tao, won the NTT. I'm going to check out what season that was in. Way back in season 20. Not, I shouldn't say way back, not all that long ago. Uh, of a storied program, uh, 22nd all-time in wins and power ranking. And honestly, it feels like it would be higher. Probably had some very lean years at the very beginning. Um, and just another solid season for them coming out of Conference 32. Uh, let's see how they got in. Did not win the Conference 32 tournament. And... Also, did not, we're not the uh, regular season champs, so they snuck in with one of the final at-large bids at number 45. Louisville, I believe, was the Conference 19 regular season champion. Yes, that's right. Uh, and, of course, has the number 20 power ranking as well. As for top 10 rankings, Louisville shows up 7th in defensive true shooting percentage, 7th as well in true shooting margin, 4th in defensive points allowed, and 5th in defensive free throws, free throw attempts allowed. Uh, Flagstaff, by contrast, is 10th in free throws attempted. So there is a bit of a, a contrast there. What do you think of this one, Coach? Yeah, I expect this to be a low-scoring, drag-it-out affair. Um, you know, uh, I think Flagstaff likes to keep the score low, um, keep it ugly, uh, and then uh, try and pull it out. I mean, they, they have the ability to score, and they have scored – um, higher in a few games, but I mean, Louisville's a really excellent defensive team. Um, the one thing I look at when I see this is like, that's a little short, you know, they're playing Jesse Hernandez at power forward. They're, uh, he's a freshman. He's getting seven and a half boards and four assists. Brian town was a huge, a big time recruit coming out of high school. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that he's a senior now, but, um, that's where he is. And, his rebounds are down this year. You know, he's averaged 10 the first three years. He's down to 8.5 this year. Um, 
But he's he's also playing a little less time. He's only playing 26-47. Uh, I'm not sure if that's because of foul trouble. He's only has 2.6 personal fouls per game, so I don't think it is. But he is averaging 5.9 assists, um, 2.8 blocks. His stats look a little bit down, but you know he's a solid player. Um, and, yeah, I – you know, that's they really rely on him. You'd think, though, with a guy like that, that he'd be eating up all the rebounds since they have a bunch of 6'5 guys in their starting lineup. Austin Bailey, um, he can score pretty well. Samuel Lane, they got some guys uh, that can score. They didn't bring in the best uh, freshman class, but I'm guessing Jess Hernandez makes up the difference between the 185 and 124. So he's a solid enough player, passing, defensive, you know, if you didn't know he was six five, you'd think that guy's awesome, right? Um, just looking at, just looking at his stats. Louisville, um, they have some talent. You know, they got the junior uh, 10-16 class, and they got both of them playing guards. Uh, Brendan Gore, he was a guy I recruited, and he looks incredible. Fifty seven percent from the field, fifty three from three, eighty one from free throw, sixty seven point two percent true shooting. Uh, were you going for the all gore team? I know you also have Carter Gore. Do you just want to have like, yeah, yeah, he was uh, yeah, he was his cousin. I, I thought I thought he wanted, oh, he thought he'd that. be in the bag, yeah, yeah, but he uh, he spurned me, wanted to go to Louisville, so that's, uh, that's gory, <laughs> yeah, Gore, uh, yeah, Gore's a great player. I think he's rated like excellent, excellent, fair, um, fair, fair, maybe. Excellent, or something like that. He he had a, he had a lot of excellence in his uh, some of the right places. Great great shooting guard press, but and then obviously yeah, Andrew Griffin. Um, he's playing two sophomores, um, which is interesting because that's his worst class uh, by the rankings. Uh, is Dakota Dixon still playing, or did he? No, he started playing halfway through the season. He benched uh, his other center. Um, yeah, Dixon, Dixon had started a few games at small forward early in the year and then went back to the bench, and now he's been at center since game 11 every game. Kind of interesting because Tyler Wolverton was a big-time recruit, um, if I remember right. I think he was top 30 last year. He's got 4.4 um, 4 blocks per 30 minutes, so it's a little hard to see what he's doing wrong. Yeah, well, not good enough to start, but um, there's some talent on this Louisville team. When you can When you can bench a guy like that, you know, it's always – that's always a luxury and always feels good. Uh, William Gonzalez is playing really well off the bench too, 58%. Uh, yeah, so he's got some players. I mean, I think Louisville's going to overwhelm uh, Flagstaff with their talent all in all. I, I really like Louisville, and, you know, I think I like them next round too. Interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm sold on Louisville. Just looking through their schedule. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got blown out to start the year by Omaha, you know, yep. TB, TBD on Omaha. They're a number one seed. I have some skepticism, but obviously that's not not a bad loss. Uh, but then since then, they have a loss to the 87th ranked team, 90, 92nd, lost in the conference tournament to number 222. Yep. And, you know, I'm kind of searching for their best wins. They have a blowout win over a team ranked 69th in Hot Springs. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't really wow you to look at the schedule. Now... To be fair, you, the same could be said of Flagstaff. Flagstaff started the year in a promising way. Close loss to Ann Arbor, which is currently ranked number one in the country. Pretty close loss to Boise, which is a four seed. Blowout win over Lansing. So that's a pretty that's an impressive one and two start if you can have one. 
Um, but then since then, they got swept by Yuma, which is, was just barely on the outside of the NTT looking in. You know, solid team, but still, you, you figure Flagstaff could have got the split there. Uh, lost a game to Santa Fe, which is ranked number 164. Uh, did manage to split with Albuquerque, which is nice. Albuquerque yeah. uh, got the double in Conference 32. So, But uh, when it comes down to it, I got to say I'm going to disagree on the prediction. I'm going with Flagstaff in part just because of, you know, Coach Tao and the success that he's had. Uh, but also mm-hmm. the upper-class talent they've got. You mentioned Town. Uh, they do have a 6'5 power forward, but he's been hanging in there throughout the year. Uh, Louisville has chosen to go smaller, hasn't had Wolverton in there. So I, I, I think Flagstaff may have enough to pull the upset here. All right. But we shall see. Next matchup yeah. is the 215. It's Charlotte, the Sand Sharks, against the number 15 seed Joplin. Uh, Charlotte, the runners-up in the PNTT to Ann Arbor has had a very successful season uh, following up four really good seasons. They fin- they were the runner-up in the NTT uh, in season 24, have made the Sweet 16 in two of the last three seasons, have really been a fixture as one of the best programs in the league for a little while now. Uh, they won Conference 11, the tournament, as well as the regular season. Their only loss came in conference to Naples, a team that's in the top 25 and we discussed yesterday. Joplin was the surprise winner of the regular season in conference 14. Uh, yeah. They start, they started the season one and four, but three of those losses, of course, were non-conference losses, uh, lost a game to St. Paul and then got blown out by Cleveland for their second conference loss uh, in just their fifth conference game. So at that point they were three and two in conference, but then proceeded not to lose again in the conference until the conference tournament when they got blown out twice by Rockford and St. Paul. So it all adds up to an automatic bid, but a ranking of number 109. Uh, Kind of surprising from, as we discussed yesterday, you know, a conference that has as many good teams as Conference 14 does. Uh, Real quick, take a look at the top 10 rankings here. Charlotte is fourth in true shooting percentage, as well as eighth in true shooting margin. Number one in rebounding margin, 10.17 the rebounding margin for the sand sharks and tied for seventh in defensive points as well as 10th in point margin joplin shows up uh only in individual accolades none doesn't have a team top 10 ranking uh do you see this as potentially a competitive game coach or not really i don't think so um i think Deshaun weed um, matches up really really well uh against asker Rhodes. asker Rhodes, you know is having a great season um, scoring 24.5 points per game on high volume, basically having to do everything for his team. I mean, this guy's taking 7.7 threes per game. He's not hitting those efficiently, but he is hitting all his twos very efficiently. So uh, he's got that going for him, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if Joplin wants a chance, Rhodes, get, Rhodes is going to have to get weed in a little foul trouble. Um, I think there's a significant drop off bringing in Emmanuel Halum um, on the back there. And then, so if that happens, I, I mean, you know, it could be possible, but, you know, the efficiency is just off the charts. And this team looks like, you know, um, this team looks like a force to be reckoned with in this bracket. Yeah, no doubt. I, I totally agree. Charlotte has had the goods all season long. I feel like their, their shtick usually is to come into the NTT with a couple of bumps in the road, 
not ha not have that high of a seed, but then immediately sh show that they belong as one of the top contenders. But this year, they've just been doing it all season long. I mean, they're number five in the power rankings. Um, they have that one loss. They have some nice non-conference wins, a couple of 20-point wins over NTT teams in Aberdeen and Rockford. Um, and, you know, their overall strength of schedule is not that high, in part because they've played a lot of teams in the 200s. You know, and it, even though they've played some decently ranked teams, sort of, sort of the overall average would be lower. So um, I think this team, you know, really has has the goods to be a number one seed. They're just on the outside looking in of that number one line. But they're yeah. going to be a really, really tough out for everybody, starting with Joplin. Yeah, I mean, this team, uh, this coach took this team all the way to the PNTT championship and put mm -hmm. up a really good game against uh, Ann Arbor. And probably would have came away with the victory if, uh, you know, um, they, Ann Arbor just shot crazy in that game, 57.6%, which is very uncharacteristic of uh, um, a team like Charlotte to give up. But, you know, when you're, you know, uh, when you're playing a team like uh, Ann Arbor, that happens, right? Of course. So, yeah, it, it is very characteristic of Ann Arbor. <laughs> yeah. That. So I like Charlotte here. Um, big. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, next matchup is the 7-10 Chicago against Allentown. Uh, Chicago had a really nice season last year, made it to the Elite Eight, and then lost there but didn't lose again. So they finished fifth in the NTT 20-win uh, season. Uh, they've got that 3-1 junior class that sticks out when mm -hmm. you take a look at them. Uh, this year, they won the Conference 20 tournament after finishing second in the regular season behind Pueblo. A um, couple of tough losses. Uh, they lost to Pueblo in one of their two games in the regular season. Also lost a game to Fort Wayne, which is number 64. Uh, so that was how they, they didn't win the regular season. Uh, and lost a bit of a curious non-conference game to Daytona. Uh, they're ranked mm -hmm. 138th. That was a 12-point loss, but other than that, have been spotless. Uh, their opponent is Allentown from Conference 1. We talked about Allentown a little bit, or excuse me, we mm -hmm. talked about Conference 1 a little bit yesterday. It's a conference that usually is near the bottom of the rankings. This year is not, uh, and Allentown managed to win the Conference 1 tournament as, I believe, a number yeah. 4 seed. Uh, yeah, yeah. As a 4 seed. So they are in uh, and uh, will have a shot in what, you know, by seed should be a competitive game, seven versus 10. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot more pedigree on one side for Chicago than for Allentown. Do you see Chicago with the edge or are these teams about as even as the seeds suggest? Yeah, I mean, I actually really like this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And Chicago, what they really like to do is, uh, you know, make you take bad shots. And uh, I mean, they're holding teams to a 39% um, from the field now. It isn't a great strength of schedule, but, you know, they when you're in conference 20, you know you're playing a couple of solid teams. I mean, Pueblo's not horrible. Fort Wayne, uh, they beat Duluth by seven. Um, and in that game, you know, uh, we're able to um, just make Matthew Sullivan's life really hard. Yeah, very pedestrian performance for him. Yep, yep. Yeah, he only won six of 11, and he's probably the favorite to win uh, League Player of the Year. So, um or, I mean, he's, he'll be up there at least mm -hmm. if he's not. So, um, you know, this Chicago team, you know, they have, they've experienced playing some – they know what it takes to play tough teams. They've been in the NTT a lot of years. And the thing about Allentown is I think they have the talent to beat them, but their talented players are freshmen. 
you got Nathaniel Jones and Deshaun Mercado. Both those guys are really solid players. They're shooting 62 and 61% true shooting percentage. Um, and for them to win, those two need to step up. Um, but it's really tough relying on freshmen in this game, you know, and uh, relying on freshmen to be a team like this, um, especially a team like Chicago that has their best two players and Zachary Perry and Jacob Fields, both great defenders guarding those guys. Uh, I give the edge to Chicago just based on experience and uh, talent. Yeah, and Chicago showed that, you know, in the run last year that it could make something happen in the NTT. Uh, they did lose a couple of senior starters, guys who were mm -hmm. good in Walters and Hints, but it seems like Connor and Pittman have slid right into those power forward and center roles without too much yeah. of a hitch. You know, it looks like a pretty similar team to last year. Uh, looking at Allentown, the thing that sticks out to me as a weakness is that point guard position. Uh, nothing against yeah. Alex Farrar as a, you know, a sim human being, but statistically he doesn't look great. You know, I mean, he's got 3.3 assists to 3.6 turnovers and he's not really scoring. I mean, he scores 6.9 points per 30. These are all per 30 numbers, 6.9 points yeah. per 30. Uh, and he doesn't even have an, a steal per 30 and he's 5'10". So I feel like Jonathan Deloach really, really may be able to feast on him. And that could be the difference. Yeah. yeah. We shall see. So the next matchup is New York city against Tallahassee, uh, NYC, of course, coached by, I prefer to say Gusu, but I understand it's supposed to be go OSU. So it's yeah. hard to read it that way, but I, you know, I think that's where it comes from. I like the idea of calling, of calling the coach Gusu, but certainly an active coach has been around a long time, posts frequently mm -hmm. on the message board. Uh, so I, I sort of feel like I'm familiar with his team just from reading his posts. And uh, it, it seems yeah. like, you know, season in and season out, he's got a team that's a little frustrating for him. Uh, for much of the year, they kind of struggle. And then often they, you know, they click and come together near the conference tournament and either get into the NTT that way or fall just short. Uh, this year's different. I mean, this is a team that this year is 15 and three all the way up as a number three seed one yep. conference two and then won the conference two tournament. So they've really had it going all season long. Uh, Tallahassee by contrast, another team with some NTT history. In fact, they've been in the NTT every year since season 19 uh, and have some big upsets to their name during that time. Uh, yeah. The current seniors who are ranked two one hardwood sim hoops were in the Sweet 16 as freshmen, obviously have been in the NTT for all uh, four of their seasons. But, uh, you know, when you, when you ever, whenever you see an opponent with that 2-1 uh, senior class, you're not thrilled about playing them in the first round, even in a 3-14 matchup. So uh, let me look real quick at the top 10 rankings to see where these teams stand. New York City is 10th in offensive rebounds, 10th, uh, tied for 10th, I should say, in steals, and 4th in points um their opponent tallahassee is second or excuse me first in the league in steals actually with 10.72 steals per game as well as not tied for ninth in true shooting percentage but uh for me coach it really comes down to that senior class that you know as good as new york city has been all year and i certainly want to believe they're legit they beat us uh, it's got to be scary seeing that, you know, highly decorated senior yeah. class on a number 14 seat. So I've been doing this for a while, and I feel like Tallahassee is always the team that's like 
I don't know. I just fall in love with and I pick them to go far. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes they go, they do all right, but they've never, I feel like they never quite go as far as I want them to. They're pretty small in the back end. They do have Rudy Mays, who's a solid uh, backup center, but they got Ty Snowden, a 6'3 guy, playing backup power forward. Um, you know, another 6'3 guy playing backup small forward. So he put as much height, I think, as he could in the starting lineup. I think Hassan Anderson's a really solid player. Demetrius McKinnon, really solid player. I like Edwin Briggs, um, Briggs too. Uh, you know, all these guys can score. You, you can't really just shut down one because the other guy's going to go off. They all shoot uh, fairly efficiently. Um, but that's... I think that's the type of game um, New York City wants. You know, they want to get into a little bit of a shootout. These guys can score um, a lot. Damian Dunning is just playing um, incredible. 60.8% true shooting, 20.8 points per game. Bryce Eakin is really taking over uh, as the point guard, and I think he's doing a great job. I honestly think Conference 2 is a little underrated. You know, um, uh, they're... It doesn't look like their strength of schedule is incredible, but, I mean, there's some solid teams. I think Wooster's a really solid team out of um, out of uh, Conference 2. Obviously, they're really active. You know, even the 8th seed, Manassas, it's like, you know, they still got some talent on their team, even though they had a horrible season, you know. 1-8, um, to eight, they have teams that um, bring in recruits, so uh, the they have a tough schedule. There's no, there's no um, gimme games on their schedule. So, I think, I think New York City is battle tested. And um, last year they made the NTT. This year, I think they can make a run. I like this team a lot. You know, I like New York City too. Again, I mentioned earlier they beat us in non-conference. I do think they're legit, but I also think this is a potential upset. I really do. Uh, just because Tallahassee has all this talent concentrated in yeah. the senior and junior classes. They have, you know, some really good offensive talent. You're right to say that New York City should be comfortable in that kind of game, but it's just it's one of those games that could end up, you know, 98, 92, or whatever it would be. Uh, if New York, you know, you know, NYC may be comfortable in that kind of game, but I think Tallahassee will be as well. Uh, hmm. And you know, these guys have been around. As I said, they were in the Sweet 16 when the seniors were freshmen. They finished 22 and two that year. Uh, 21 and three the next season, finishing 18th in the NTT. They have been trending downward. Last year they lost in the first round, but it's. I mean, again, we see these upsets every year, right? I mean, there's no way all four three seeds are yeah. going to win, right? It's just yep. it's, it's probably not going to happen. And so, yeah. as much as I do, I think New York City is good. I think they unfortunately, unfortunately for them, they have a tough opponent. So if I'm looking for a potential three fourteen upset, this is the one that sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things Tallahassee does that's just interesting is they play their they play their bench quite a bit. Um, you know, they don't really like to have their starters go above thirty minutes. Um, yeah, interesting. You know, but I agree they have talent. I think, um, yeah, I think they could pull off an upset. I don't think it will happen, but um, yeah, it's just it's not the four it's not the fourteen seed I would want to see. <laughs> If, uh, yeah, yeah. if if we were lucky enough to be, you know, and if we had earned a three seed, which we haven't, then it'd be I would be upset to play a team like this. But we'll see how the game actually Absolutely. goes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Last year we were doing a little better with seeding. Goes up and down. 
Uh, okay, last game of the region, it's Ocala versus New Orleans. Uh, Ocala coming out of Conference 10 uh, and New Orleans out of Conference 12. So another regional regional matchup. Feels like we've had a lot of these. I mean, at the top of this region, it was Conference 24, Omaha, against top, Conference 23, Houston. So again, the committee, you know, trying to sneak in some, you know, games between teams who are not that far away from each other in the country geographically. Uh, Ocala, the regular regular season champ in Conference 10, lost in the second round of the Conference 10 tournament to Clemson, which almost went on to win the Conference 10 tournament, lost in overtime yeah. to Clearwater. Uh, and then New Orleans coming out of Conference 12. As I mentioned, they won the Conference 12 tournament after Conference 12 regular season. So they got the double there. And certainly historically, New Orleans has been the class of Conference 12. More recently, Miami has challenged them for that title. And They've been right there every season, but you know the Ninjas have been one of the best programs in the league for a long time, and I think this—it's safe to say the same is true of Ocala since Coach Subpar Stash came into the league. He's just more uh, of more recent vintage, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, as for top ten lists, Ocala is tied for sixth in assists, tied for seventh in turnovers. So that's a nice combination. And then uh, their opponent, New Orleans, is. Let's take a look. New Orleans is fourth in turnovers and that's their only top 10 category two teams with some talent two teams with some success in the past should be a good one agree yeah i really like this matchup ocala um you know just earlier this week i think was a top 10 team or you know maybe low like 11 or 12 or something like that and they lost two straight games that dropped them pretty far um pretty far down the rankings. Uh, so actually they're let, they're 15 after Wednesday and they dropped seven after a loss in the uh, semis. So they have two losses, not the way you want to enter into an NTT, but they have some talent. Um, you got that one, two class full of the big men of Stewart, Edgerton and Wood. And then uh, Javon Maine, um, this guy, you know, he, he won, uh, he won conference freshman of the year, freshman year, and then uh, he hasn't done as well moving forward. And then I want to talk a little bit about Elijah Joshua. So Elijah Joshua, his freshman year, starts off on the bench, and um, they make it to the uh, they make it to the NT or they make it to the uh, the RTT. They, yeah, they they won the RTT when he was a freshman. Yeah. They won the RTT, but during that run. I think after maybe the first game, he put Elijah Joshua in the starting lineup his freshman year, and he just started going off. And he hasn't really looked back since. And this guy scoring 29.7 points per game on 58.4% true shooting. This guy is the heartbeat of their team. Can New Orleans uh, slow him down? They have a really solid guy of their own, in Elijah Hall. So Two yeah, Elijah. Elijah versus yeah. Elijah, yeah. I know. So Match you know, of biblical maybe... proportions. Go ahead. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe Elijah is the new Austin. I'm not sure. Oh, I've been seeing uh, Austins and not mentioning them I know. earlier in this region. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. So, actually, so it's kind of interesting. Elijah Hall is averaging 1.8 steals per game. Elijah Joshua, 1.4 steals a game. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see this matchup. Uh, you know, one's a junior, one's a senior. I think the NBA scouts, um, the CBA scouts are – all here to watch this game. They're like, we want to see this matchup. And um, I think I think it's going to be a dandy. I'm really excited to see what happens. And um, 
Yeah, New Orleans is obviously more balanced. They have a lot of solid players. Uh, I think the talent um, looks pretty similar, but which which guy can shut down the other one? Is it Hall or Joshua? I think it's going to come down to that. And really excited to see what happens here. Yeah, I think a lot of these 6-11 matchups have been good. I mean, no surprise, but uh, this is just mm-hmm. another another one where it's, it's tough to pick a winner and it, it should be fun to watch. Uh, all right, yeah. so that, those are all eight games in the region. I think I, yep. I'll refrain from making any official predictions here other than to just say <laughs> these teams all look great and we're honored to be a part of the region. But uh, what do you see happening? Start with the top half of the region. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, I mean, man, I got to pick between you and uh, you and Jimmy. I think, I think it's You got to pick between the teams. I won't take it personally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Rochester in that game, and I'm going to actually take Rochester over Omaha. I think the winner. All right, so you're anti-conference 24 as well. There you go. That's a that's yeah, for, for for this for this little pot at least. So I'm taking yeah, Rochester. If you're going against the number one seed in the second round, I'm sure. First of all, I've been disappointed there hasn't been any smoke on the message board about my hatred for Conference 24, <laughs> which I don't have. It's all a joke, but I want yeah. people to be upset about it just because it's funny. Nobody's been mentioning it, so please, people. Well, I'm upset about it. Thanks, <laughs> but you, you, see, you seem to be agreeing with me. Yeah, yeah. So, and then um, I like Louisville. I talked about Louisville. I actually have Louisville over Oxford, and um, uh, and then losing to Rochester, so Rochester making it to the Elite Eight. Um, and then I got uh, Charlotte over um, Chicago, and then. Man, I, I love that 6-11 matchup. And, yeah, so I got New York City um, taking down Ocala, Charlotte taking down New York City, and Charlotte taking down Rochester to go to the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, I said I would refrain from predictions, and I will, but I think it's safe to say, uh, and I'm sure, again, it's more bulletin board material for Omaha, it's safe to say Charlotte would be the betting favorite in this region, right, if there were a yeah. Sim, Sim Vegas they would be the betting favorite, even though they're the two seed, not the one seed. I think that's, I think that's uh, not too controversial. Yeah. But yeah. Was... I think they, they have, and then that would set up a rematch with uh, Ann Arbor, at least in my bracket um, for the final four, which would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. We, we see high seeds make it sometimes, but frequently we get, you know, double digit seeds that we never expect. So. Uh, just a question of which which ones can make it happen. I guess maybe that would be a good question to end on. If you were told that a double-digit seed was going to win this region, 10 through 16, who would you think it's going to be? Oh, I'm taking New Orleans. Yeah, I um, figured you were going to sure. say that. Okay. Yeah, I think New Orleans is really solid. Um, you might take Tallahassee. What do you think? <laughs> I, I like Tallahassee, not necessarily to win the whole region. Uh, I think New Orleans is a safe pick. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I think Tallahassee could win a game or two, maybe. Uh, I think Flagstaff could win a couple games as a double digit seed. Um, not saying they necessarily will, but I think it's possible. So, uh, those are the teams that stick out to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, do you want to do the final four right now, or should we do that as a separate podcast? Oh, let's just add it on. Why not? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so. You had, and just correct me if I get this wrong, I'm going to try to do it from memory. You had Ann Arbor in Region 1. You had Charlotte in Region 2. 
Uh, Bakersfield in Region 3, yes? Number one yep. seed? Okay. Uh, and then in Region 4, I know you didn't like Sioux City. I'm trying to remember. Who, who did you have from that region? Huntington Beach. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. You took Carson City. Yes, I remember that. Okay. Uh, conference, conference 31. Were you taking in Region 2? I told you I'm not picking anybody in Region 2. Not taking, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, hey, I'm here. I'm doing the podcast. I think I'm fulfilling my obligation. Uh, to, to the sim world he abstains from that's right using that. so what do you got bakersfield or carson city how do you like that matchup i'm not going to pick against bakersfield i think that's the team yeah. uh and ann arbor they're winning it i do and ann arbor unfortunately for them finds some way to lose every year despite as much talent as they have so yeah. i don't know if i said this officially but i think i will pick them to lose at some point in region one uh even though they oh. look like the best team so I'll, I'll take Cedar Rapids to make the final four from region one. Um, but yeah, Bakersfield would be my choice to win the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm going to take Charlotte over Ann Arbor. Bakersfield oh, avenging, PNT. avenging the PNTT loss. Yeah. And I'm going to take Charlotte to win it all. I think, um, yeah. I mean, uh, coach uh, JBSD nut um, two. I mean, he's just a class act. I really like him. You know, I mean, I like all the coaches that I talk to for the most part, but he's just a class act, and you know, I got all respect for him. I think he's a great coach. Um, does a great job recruiting, and I think this is his year. They they look really solid. It certainly could be. They're right there. Uh, I just like I said, I'll be excited to see which double digit seed makes us look most foolish. Uh, oh yeah, we, we should There's definitely be a few. Yeah, there always are. We'll have to check in after a round or two about this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Bills. I appreciate it. You got it. Uh, and good luck to everybody. Happy to have the tournament starting on Monday.